Welcome to this Roundup. While the digital global age has been upon us, the COVID-19 pandemic has accelerated the need for digital transformation. The ongoing pandemic has revealed how vulnerable each component of a nation is and how digital technologies and infrastructure are becoming a survival necessity. To be operational, sustainable, and survive, the only option for organization is to accelerate the digital transformation. Now, since the digital technologies and infrastructure have become fundamental for our very survival, security, and sustainability, it is important that we discuss this to ev and evaluate what is necessary for us to take the next steps. To discuss this further, I'm delighted to welcome Jeff Roberts to this roundup. Jeff is the founder of Innovation Vista and is based in the United States. Welcome, Jeff. We are honored to have you on this roundup. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be able to join. I appreciate the invitation. Thank you, Jeff. So, amidst the COVID-19 pandemic, what do you see? What is the road to digital transformation in your assessment? Yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly changed because of COVID, uh, no, no question, uh, or at least it's sped up. Um, I think that uh, a lot of companies now have come to the realization of how important technology communications are to their own internal uh, capabilities and their ability to function. Uh, that's a little bit uh, uh, easier, I think, than connecting with customers and clients, uh, which, which has a lot more challenge and, and where our standards are a little higher. But on, on the internal collaboration, you know, you, we're meeting over Zoom. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, millions of people around the world are, have gotten used to video conferencing now. They've gotten used to collaborating on cloud and sharing documents. Um, you know, we're probably at a point that without COVID would have taken us three to five years to reach with this level of uh, electronic communication and collaboration. Um, what's really interesting is, is that next level. When you think about customers and clients, it's not as simple as just um, uh, throwing you know, Zoom calls out on the calendar and having that solve everything. So uh, for real business to be conducted, there's a lot more work yet to do. Yes, absolutely. And I think you made a very important point that the technology communications, you know, is at the core right now, the beginning of the transformation. Because uh, yes, while, you know, we had all these uh, technology available, like, you know, Zoom and Google Meet and uh, Skype and all of them, not everyone was comfortable using it or not everyone was prioritizing to use that as a, you know, mode of communication because, you know, in-person meetings were, you know, always preferred. And so people were traveling, you know, all over the world and, you know, use, using that in-person, you know, communication. But now COVID-19 has fundamentally changed everything. You know, people cannot travel anymore. So yes, communication, the digital communication, the using this technology, Zoom and Meet and uh, Skype and uh, uh, all of them, you know, are picking up. There is no doubt about that. But that is only for communication. Where else do you see the transformation imminent because of this COVID-19 beyond this communication for the organizations to be able to survive and be sustainable in their, you know, whatever products and services they're offering, you know, uh, today and they may want to offer in the coming tomorrow. 
Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, communication is only the beginning for sure. And to your point, um, to really conduct business, we have to connect with our customers and we have to enable them to do business with us in, in new ways. Um, these might have been optional in the past. Uh, certainly, people are used to making purchases on Amazon.com. Um, they're used to getting their entertainment over, you know, the, the internet with uh, Netflix and Hulu and so forth. Uh, but but real business in in all of the industries in which that occurs takes more than that. And I think there are huge numbers of industries that were were very much relying on face to face contact still. Uh, the the retail industry is a, is an obvious choice. How many storefronts are there? The reason there are storefronts is because people were used to. Uh, and wanted to go into a store to see what was available on the shelf, what different things cost. They wanted to touch them. They wanted to see them. In the case of uh, of clothing, they wanted to try them on. Uh, they wanted they wanted that, and now they don't, or they want it certainly less so. And there's a huge group of customers that feel very uncomfortable and unsafe going to a storefront now. So it. it that is a that is a enormous sea change in the mind of the customer, uh, and so a lot of the client conversations I'm having right now are, are around this disruption, and for companies that did not have much of an online presence, they didn't have much of a way for people on their mobile device to interact with them. They didn't have a way to order electronically and then have it delivered or picked up curbside. These companies are, are really struggling. And in, in some cases, I, I wrote an article calling it a catch-22 because the, the businesses that don't yet have those technologies in place are suffering because of that. And the, the, the suffering itself actually keeps them from having the funds available and the confidence to invest those funds to build the capabilities that they really need. Uh, so I, I think another thing we will begin to see if this pandemic continues to stretch on is a huge wave of M&A activity where uh, businesses are, are consolidated to those that have a good technology platform that's viable in the pandemic age. Um, I, I think you will see businesses sell uh, while they still have, uh, you know, viable business models, viable customer lists, uh, viable inventories of products and services, et cetera, because they're going to need to in order to survive. Uh, you, you think about it, this goes on for several years where people have to wear masks and there's not a vaccine, maybe not a viable treatment for some period of time. I, I think we we will see an enormous wave of disruption. So, uh, in, in my consulting practice, this is this is the wave I'm trying to get in front of, and to help my clients see very clearly, and and be ready for. Yes, no, I, I hear your point because while there is still an opportunity, 
uh, it's better to you know exit the business that you feel that you are not prepared with the technology models or you know digitization or transformation that is essential to you know transform and adapt you know adjust and adapt for the digital age so it's better to you know get acquired by the organizations that are ready and they can still use your value chain you know they can use your clients and they can use your products and services so that is you you made that is a very interesting point that you are seeing that already happening because like you said you know we don't know when this covid-19 pandemic is going to be over or when we will be able to have a effective you know therapy or you know treatment preventive or therapeutic treatments that can allow us to give some sort of comfort level to go out of the house to go and you know touch things or you know to be able to live uh, the normal life that we all are used to so in a time when we need to be alert adjust adapt and create new opportunities for ourselves and our organizations for our very survival and security how do you see other than you know the merger and acquisition that you are already seeing happening in the markets how do you see the digital initiative shaping the transformation because yes we know that communication is a first step you know and uh, connection connecting to your clients uh, and uh, that is also you know ongoing but where else do you see the digital initiatives shaping the transformation yeah it's it's a it's a great question i think um i think we have to enable customers to do business with us electronically we mentioned that earlier that that's sort of an obvious one uh businesses that don't have viable website and mobile alternatives are going to need those uh secondly you know i i think there's an enormous opportunity business to business in particular with automation and integration uh, web services apis um, you know it, a lot of these tools have been around and the architectures that make them work securely have been around for a long time but the pressure and the and and the real uh, the real need for those kinds of connections didn't exist because we had the inertia of the previous business model everyone was going into work people were making business travel uh, trips to clients and so forth and so that that need for it didn't exist the way it does now so in in many ways we're fortunate that this pandemic hit when it did because we have proven technologies that we can now uh bring to bear on the situation i i shudder to think if this had happened in the 80s or the 90s uh where where there was nothing like that in place we we would have been uh just really handicapped as a society uh but but as it is it's a it's a disruption enough because so many companies don't have those connections in place to their suppliers partners clients um they they require phone calls and business meetings and signed contracts with pen and ink and and so forth and so on in order to do their business or they have a physical uh you know an inventory and and physical um requirement and presence for how they operate so i i think you know all of those things i think it it looks different in different industries but um i i think most of the building blocks are there i think um the, the main thing that this calls for that i'm finding is is not happening 100% of the time yet 
is just the realization in the minds of leadership that this will last long enough. It won't last forever, uh, but it, this pandemic will last long enough that it can kill their business. Yes. Exactly. And I think when, when, when leadership has come to that realization, uh, if they have deep pockets, they make the, the investments and, and that's, uh, you know, a, it's, that's a nice position for them to be in. If they don't have the deep pockets, the small and medium-sized businesses, which are, are my typical clientele, uh, often don't have the deep pockets to put in place all the things that they realize now that they need. Uh, outside of M&A, I, I think there's an opportunity for uh, private equity investment. I, you know, I think injecting capital into businesses that are really viable or will be viable with these technology capabilities added on, uh, I think that's a fantastic opportunity for private equity groups, uh, maybe a once in a lifetime opportunity potentially to buy in at very compelling terms into businesses that, um, you know, to fund these digital and technology investments, but then on the other side of those investments, uh, you know, will be extremely successful. And, and those that do it better than their competitors, honestly, are, are in a once in a lifetime opportunity maybe to disrupt their industry. So it, I, I'm trying to get clients that are in, in that space that they don't have what they need. If their if they're competitors also don't have what they need, it might be a fantastic opportunity. And we just need to find the path. We need to find the, the way out of the forest whether that's with their own money, potentially with debt. Um, if they have access to, to debt and bond markets at this point, um, you know, rates are, are historically low for that. It's never made more sense to, uh, to borrow money to make these kind of investments. Yes. But even if they don't have that access, I, I think the private equity uh, industry is aware. I, I know they are. I've, I've spoken to, uh, to multiple people in that space that are very aware of these opportunities and are ready to inject that capital and to really turbocharge the right businesses that, that catch this vision. Yes, you know, I, I hear your point and I can see why they are interested in moving uh, in that direction. And the point that you made about decision makers not able to make up their mind whether they should invest in the digital technologies or they should get acquired or depending on how long this is going to last that confusion is still there because they nobody knows i mean tomorrow it can just disappear you know or uh, it could go on for several years and we may come up with a vaccine that may work or may not work so there are a lot of questions you know emerging so we are just not sure how this is going to go forward so for businesses and decision makers obviously you know it is very difficult for them to make the decision on the strategy and that plays a key role in the transformation you know the roadmap to digital transformation because if you don't if you're not sure what strategy you can you know apply or you can define to move forward then it's very difficult you know and especially you know for small and mid-sized business owners like you know you were just talking about this is a very you know challenging time and decisive time for them you know to take the next step so the yeah. what the industries that you know 
VC, I mean, there are many industries, you know, each nation has, you know, where uh, their economy depends on. If we look at United States, you know, uh, health, from healthcare to, you know, defense industry to telecommunication industry and uh, every other industry, you know, retail and uh, commerce, you know, we are seeing some of the industries we have already seen significant, enormous transformation, especially the commerce, you know, e-commerce. We have Amazons and we have, you know, Instacart. So as far as we, you know, are concerned, going to gross for groceries, you know, is no longer a challenge because we just place an order on Instacart or any other, you know, digital uh, application that uh, allows you to do that. And we are able to manage that without going out of the house. Same for Uber Eats and, you know, getting orders from the restaurant. So there are many industries that had, you know, sort of preparation, not by themselves, but by third party applications, you know, by having those applications that allowed us to, you know, immediately quickly transition to those uh, industries, you know, services, how we want it, you know, without stepping out of the house. But there are plenty of industries like energy industries and, you know, many other industries where, uh, you know, you have to go, you know, some defense industries, you know, you have to go to the workplace you need certain sort of, you know, environment to work there. What kind of initiatives do you see emerging for such industries where working remotely is no, it's not an option at all? Yeah, yeah, uh, you're, you're right. And, and in those industries, I think the focus ha has turned very much so to uh, protection, to uh, tracking, at, at, tracking information about their employees and their locations and who has been in the same room at the same time. So that two weeks later, if someone comes up positive for COVID-19, they can go back in time and they can understand exactly who that person interacted with. So uh, there, uh, I don't wanna recommend specific solutions, but there, there are some very, very uh, innovative uh, platforms out there that, um, you know, software companies have developed mobile apps for checking in, um, you know, tracking certainly a, a possibility, who's in the room, who's in the building at the same time, what floor are people in, what time of day. Um, you know, I, I think that's, that's certainly part of the answer for companies in that place. Um, you know, the other aspects I think are um, actual physical changes to the facility. And you see a lot of fiberglass shields going up to, to further divide work areas where uh, it, it, it's never been an issue in the past that people are four feet, three feet away from each other. Now that's not enough. And so where it's not possible to spread people out further, you see these, these divisions going up. Uh, they can still see through them, they can still talk, but that, that you know, for protection of uh, you know just tr trying to enable that social distancing in tighter spaces, uh, I think that's part of the answer. Uh, it's also you know technology has a role to play even for those businesses. Um, I've had some interesting conversations around robotic process automation for particular functions that are happening at a particular time and place. Uh, if it's possible to build a technology answer to some of those functions. And you don't need a person there or you don't need them there as long or as frequently. Maybe that opens up a door to, uh, 
to, to shift scheduling where you can avoid an overlap of people being in the same place at the same time. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's endless, the, the, the creativity that we can apply to these challenges. Uh, again, I'm thankful that we have some of the building blocks in place. You mentioned some, you know, supporting restaurants with, with the Uber Eats and the Grubhub sort of services that, that were there as an option. Now they're becoming the primary delivery mechanism in a lot of these instances. Um, so in, in many ways, you know, I, I, I know there's a lot to, to be sad about. Uh, believe me, I, I, I grieve for the lifestyle that we have all left behind and miss many aspects of that, not least of which is sports, uh, all, all the time. But there are other aspects of this that really are, we're blessed in, in many ways that we, we came into this at the time that we did with the technology platform and options that we did, that we, we do have those building blocks. And, yes. and so, you know, I, I, I think it's healthier always to try to take a positive view to, to certainly we, we want to be, um, you know, cognizant that this, this is first and foremost a personal health crisis. Uh, business is important, but it's certainly not more important than, than uh, life and health. Yes, absolutely. Uh, although on the flip side, in some ways, business supports and enables life and health and, and people's well-being. Um, and so, you know, that seeing what's here and, and looking at the bright side or the silver lining in the cloud, if you will, there are some things about this moment that are positive, that, that give us some options, that give us a way out of the forest. Like I said earlier, that analogy is very fitting, I think, that um, you know, we're not going to be trapped here helpless, uh, but it, it requires a vision. And you, you talked about strategy. You know, I, you know, I, I talk about strategy for a living, uh, technology strategy specifically, but this is a moment when strategy of all kinds has never been more important, more challenged, and, and, but also has never had the opportunity to make the kind of difference that it does right now. Because companies and leaders that, that navigate these waters well uh, versus mediocre versus poorly, that, that spread of impact is, is enormously wide. I think more so than any other time in our history. I think businesses could be mediocre in some ways in the past. Their strategy could be mediocre. They could get by because times were good and everyone was sort of thriving. Now, it really is a time when the innovation, those with the vision and the strategy and who, are, who can step out above the day-to-day -day and look at where we're headed, not just where we are, yes. they will be rewarded. Yes, absolutely. And I hear your point and you made some uh, very good points about, you know, that we are blessed that we have these building blocks, you know, ready that can assist us to take the next steps. But there are many countries, we are not talking about just the United States, there are many countries, you know, where the digital infrastructure is not at a level where it should be for them to take this opportunity or take this crisis, personal health crisis or human health crisis, and take this opportunity to transform and 
adopt the digitally new mode of life, digital mode of operation. So for many countries and for many industries, it is still not possible because they were not prepared. Their infrastructure was not prepared. So it is not just our strategy or our desire to adapt quickly, to adopt, you know, or start using, applying the digital technologies and go for the digital transformation and visualize and imagine, you know, what we want to change and how we can redefine and re, you know, uh, visualize, you know, how, what kind of products we can pro pro have now, what kind of services we can provide and how we can create new models, new systems, new way of operations, new way of life. That is not possible for everyone, every country or every you know, decision maker or every uh, industry. So that is still a challenge. So as you know, what kind of complex challenges you see, not just for the United States, but for you know, uh, all the rest of the countries that are out there you know, who yeah. are trying to survive this COVID-19 crisis because COVID-19 is a global crisis. It's not just a, you know, United States crisis, you know, it started in China and then, you know, now we are seeing it has become a pandemic. Every country is impacted and not only the COVID-19 virus, you know, but there are also reports of, you know, some other viruses emerging or there is a fear of, you know, other viruses jumping from animals to, you know, humans. So this is probably, you know, it, Let's hope this is not just the beginning with this COVID-19 virus and that more viruses and more bacteria can create, you know, some more uh, complex challenges for human species. But it looks like we are in a very difficult time. So yeah. where do you see the business leaders? You know, if we just focus on the businesses, where do you see them facing complex challenges? Of course, other than the, you know, uh, health challenges that the, all their employees are facing because as we witnessed, the supply chains were also almost broken and disrupted, you know, uh, not disrupted, broken, you know, uh, when the COVID-19 began. Yeah, uh, it, it's great points that, that you're making there. And, and it is certainly a global challenge. Um, I, I think those of us that live in countries that have a very reliable electric power and internet connectivity, yes. uh, we, we really are, are blessed. And in some ways spoiled. Um, I, I think you're absolutely right to point out other other nations are not blessed with the same infrastructure. Uh, you know, I, I I would encourage you know the leaders in those nations. Uh, there's certain prudent protection investing in defense, right? You, you want to have an, an armed force to defend your nation. You know, I, I think in the, in the pandemic age that we're in, electricity and internet connectivity could rise to that level because you really, you're talking about potentially life and death to be able to get the information that they need to have in order to know what, the, what protections are possible to get supplies that they need, et cetera. Uh, so I, I would hope that that awareness would build in, in the third world where power is um, uh, e either non-existent or you have many parts of the world where, where power is not available all day long. There, there's a rotation, there's a schedule where the electricity will come on certain hours of the day. Um, so I, I think in those areas, making the investment to, to build that infrastructure um, could be just as strategic as, as funding their military. And in many ways, the very most important thing that those leaders might do right now 
not only for today, but as a strategic investment to realize the world will change. The world is changing and at a much quicker rate as a result of COVID than anyone uh, expected to see. So even on the other side of this, um, there is a treatment, let's say, or, or maybe a potential vaccine. Their nations are, are not going to be able to function in the same way that they were before. And I think in many ways, without a ongoing infrastructure that enables connection to the internet, uh, those nations would be further handicapped. So I, I would love to see that. I know there are some initiatives underway um, with uh, very large tech firms putting up internet solutions up into the, uh, you know, or orbiting the earth and satellite internet solutions and so forth. There, there are a lot of innovative ideas around that. Um, I think that um, what I hope to see also is an awareness that electric power is a significant part of the equation as well. Uh, certainly, um, you know, computers and mobile devices have, have become very much commodities now. The cost of those items has just gone down so significantly and, and the, the power versus the cost is, is just um, unbelievable what we see with with Moore's law um, but without power and the ability to connect to the internet uh, you know the many countries in the world are not going to have the benefits of that so um, yeah I, I, I hope to see that I hope that we don't see a further widening of the gap between the first world and the third world because of, uh, of COVID um, if, if we do see that I, I hope that the wealthy nations will take the steps they need to take and make an investment in the rest of the world because it would pay off significantly. That, that, that is an excellent point. So uh, speaking about the investment, do you see the uh, investment happening globally? The merger the initially, you know, in the beginning, you talked about the merger acquisition activity picking up. Do you see that as a global trend or do you see that only in the United States? No, I, I think it is. I think it's global. I think uh, so many of these things that, you know, it's, uh, it varies very widely. Uh, the approach that countries have taken, the, the seriousness with which they're taking this, the, the level they were hit. I, if you think on a spectrum from um, uh, New Zealand and Brazil on, on two ends of the spectrum, right? I mean, think about the difference what they've done, how hard they've been hit, what the impact is on, on their people, on their, on their healthcare system, and ultimately their, uh, their way of life. Um, so there is a variety, but I think the awareness is, you know, we've never been of one mind before as, a, as the entire world, more than now. And we have the ability to communicate with each other more than ever before. Uh, to, to be hit with something, all of us, uh, at the same time, and uh, even with that variety of responses, you know, I, I think COVID-19 is the topic that everyone is speaking about across the world, and I hope to see more what we see in, in uh, academia, in the pharmaceutical industry, where there's some partnership and real sharing of information across borders uh, and, and across companies that uh, is, is just really unprecedented, that people realize, I think, that we're in this together. 
And, and yes, there are certain uh, uh, intellectual property protections and, and, and so forth that are probably appropriate. And, and we don't want people who invest billions of dollars to have their ideas stolen. Uh, all that is true. At the same time, until we figure this out, no one has the answer. And until we figure it out, I think the, the healthiest approach we can take is to really think globally and to share this information, use the technology capabilities that we do have. Uh, and and I, think, I think we're seeing that. So I'm, I'm encouraged by, by um, much of that. And I think with the firepower that we have trained on this at this point, I don't know about the viability of a vaccine. I, I'm not trained in that at all. I certainly have heard what others have heard that it's difficult in, in this particular class of virus to make a vaccine. But I, I don't lose heart just because of that, because I, I think, um, you know, I often say that if we find the Tamiflu equivalent for COVID, uh, we're there, we're fine. I think even just that, um, you know, ameliorating the symptoms, giving people a confidence that if they get this, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're gonna end up in the hospital. Absolutely. That they can be okay, they'll recover. There's not, there, there's not a pill to take that knocks it out, okay. But if there's a treatment that softens it, and uh, you know, just, just, just that, I think would be enough. And I, I think we could go back to having confidence, being together, so forth and so on. Uh, I, so I am, I'm optimistic on the long term that with this much firepower across the world being trained on this, uh, we, we will come up with an answer. And um, the other part of, of the conversations I'm having with my clients is let's be ready. You know, at, at the same time as we say this could take a while, we also have to think it won't be forever. And so, you know, we, we, we'll never go back to the world we had before. But let's be ready for the world we're in now and let's be ready for for the next world that we know uh, will will retain a lot of these changes that we've put in place there will be more remote work uh, that is just you know unanimously acknowledged i think for the efficiency that it offers uh, the cost savings that it offers the space savings um, all, all of those reasons um, I, I think that Many things are here to stay, even on the other side. So uh, that's the good news, really. Uh, you know, innovation and, and building these capabilities pays off, and, and it pays off not only to live today, but to really thrive in the future. Yes, absolutely. Now, I have seen on 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 your point about uh, coming up with an effective, you know, solution like Tamiflu. There is no doubt that we will come up with something like that. There are many encouraging, you know, initiatives. Uh, that are going through you know, trials and we will, irrespective of whether we get a successful vaccine or not, we will have a treatment you know, in the coming uh, months or hopefully in a year. So there is a encouraging sign. So we, don't, we should be all feeling you know, hopeful about that and we have to be hopeful. But there are, you know, while remote work is picking up, there are a you know, lot of challenges there as well that as we have seen in Silicon Valley, you know, the gig economy, you know, it's almost collapsing, you know, people are moving out also because if you are allowed to work from anywhere, why do you need to be in Silicon Valley, you know, where 
you can hardly get uh, one room in you know, a few thousand dollars. So it's a lot of changes are going to come with these you know, remote work policies that uh, organizations are forced to adapt right now. So we will see you know, how uh, this transition and transformation uh, is uh, uh, going to impact several different industries, especially the commercial real estate and uh, even the residential real estate. So there are many challenges going on. So having said that, what would you like to tell our global viewers and listeners, especially about your initiatives, your involvement, and uh, your work that you are trying to do, and whether if they need what kind of services, how, can, how they can reach you? No, I, I appreciate that very much. Um, you know, my, my primary focus is to help companies make the most of their technology and have the right strategy to, to fully empower their organization and um, to really monetize those investments, not just to automate what they do to, to maybe improve their margins, but really to go beyond that level and say, Let, let's use technology to impact the top line. Let's use technology to win business from our competitors. Let's, let's use it to do more business with our existing customers. And, and that looks uh, a little different in, in different industries, but that, that's my focus. Um, and, um, you know, really, I, I think in many ways, COVID has changed the game. Uh, in many ways, it's made what I do even more exciting. And as I mentioned before, the, the impact of the right strategy has never been higher than it is right now. Yes. Uh, and the spread between those that have the right strategy and those that have a vision for building these capabilities that will bear fruit for many, many years to come uh, versus those that want to stick their head in the sand and say, we can't afford to do anything. Surely something will happen where we'll be able to go back to normal very soon. Leadership that, that is thinking that way it, you know, it's, it's been well said that hope is not a strategy. Yes. And uh, so I, I, I'm spending a lot of time trying to encourage leaders. I understand it's scary. Uh, I understand that they may not feel like they, they have uh, money to invest in these things. It was not planned. And their revenues are often down versus what they were before. All of that is happening. That makes it even more challenging. But that's really where you, you, you want to get creative, like we talked about before, with equity injections, with uh, debt and the bond market being what it is right now, uh, because those things are more of an option than ever. And the impact of these kinds of investments has never been bigger. Yes. So uh, I, 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 in many ways, I think we're, we're poised for very exciting times. Um, I, I hope that the, the, the personal and the, you know, the health tragedies that so many are suffering right now uh, will be solved very, very soon, as soon as possible. But while we're working through that and while those in, in, in healthcare and uh, research work on that, I think there's work for those of us in business and technology to do, to really uh, improve ourselves and position ourselves for, for success. So um, to contact me, my, my website is innovationvista.com. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we have articles out there and summaries about our services and our approach. 
again, in many ways, it looks different for us in different businesses and different industries. But these same tools are in the toolkit. Uh, the building blocks are there, like we talked about before. And, and so I encourage anyone who's on the fence about, uh, you know, maybe this is the time to play some offense, not defense. Maybe this is the time to make an investment and, and, and build something to ensure the viability of their business going forward versus sticking their head in the sand and, and hoping that this passes quickly. Uh, I, I don't think it's passing quickly. And even if it does, the world on the other side of that is going to look nothing like what we have come out of. And, and that's mm -hmm. sad in many ways, but it's also opportunity in many ways for those that, um, that, that, that can have a vision for what the future will be. And as always, there will be good and there will be bad. And there will be things that we miss and that we grieve that because of the pandemic, we're no longer together physically as often and things like that, I'm sure will happen. On the other side, I think there will be things we're very happy about. And I, in many cases, uh, you know, I think people are spending more time with their families than they ever have before, more time in their communities and not getting in a car or getting on a train and going into the, the, the city center for their livelihood and then coming home when it's dark. Uh, you know, there are a lot of good that, that, that will come alongside the bad. And uh, that's, that's the journey of life, right? So we're just trying to be a part of it and trying to help companies with this aspect of, of where technology can really move the needle for them. So innovationvista.com, I'm active on LinkedIn, uh, happy to uh, interact with anyone who would like to talk further about anything we've discussed. Wonderful. No, you are absolutely right that, you know, this is a time of not just, you know, having, being hopeful, but it's time for strategy. We have to visualize, you know, come up with new ideas, new imagination uh, of new way of doing things. But, you know, while we are all suffering, you know, this is a health crisis. We should not forget that pandemics are portal to evolution. Human species, you know, we, uh, uh, most of our genome, almost half of our genome has come from viruses. So viruses, this pandemic, the virus behind it is also likely going to live behind something for humans and it may end up, you know, strengthening our species. So we all have to be very hopeful for that and forever coming tomorrow, irrespective of when this is over, we have to be prepared so that we don't, you know, go through this kind of uh, challenges of no, lack of preparation so that, you know, we can have easy transition no matter what happens. So thank you so much, Jeff, for participating in this roundup today. We appreciate your thoughtful insight on COVID-19 and road to digital transformation. And our global viewers and listeners would benefit tremendously from the information you provided today. So even if a single decision maker can understand the need for the digital transformation, after, the list, after listening to this discussion, this risk round of dialogue has been of service and we thank you for that. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been great talking with you. Great talking with you as well. So thank you so much. Risk Group is a strategic security risk research platform and community and our ecosystem is the first and only cross-disciplinary and collective community that is made of top scientists, security professionals, thought leaders, entrepreneurs, philanthropists, policymakers, and academic institutions from across nations collaborating to research, review, rate, and report strategic security risks to protect the future of humanity. Idea voice to risk groups, get involved to protect the future of our species. Until next time, I'm Jayashree. 
post of prescribed signing off see you next time thank you